Thank you, Pastor Nathan. Hard to follow all that, y'all. Man, there's just a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going on, y'all. <laughs> all right. Today is the seventh test. How many of you are thankful for your test? Amen. Yes, I'm all thankful. How many of you put on, how many are thankful for that Thanksgiving five you put on? <laughs> Hope all you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. But today we're talking about the seventh test in our Pain to Purpose series. And the previous six tests. The previous six series is one, the pride test. Two, the pit test. Third was the palace test. And you think when you get to the palace test, you're all good, but you're not good then. Fourth was the purity test. Fifth, the prison test. Six, was the prophetic test, and today, test seven, is the power test. Now, I haven't looked at what eight, nine, and ten are because of ten series, but, you know, running the odds, the average is it's going to be another P because we've had seven P's now. <laughs> it's probably going to be another P. So today is the power test. Another word to use for power, when we're talking about the power, these tests that we're going through, this power test, uh, in the old Christianese, how many of you know what old Christianese is? Uh, one, I see one. <laughs> the old Christianese would be, the word would be sanctification, which is a way of saying changing you from the inside out to look more like Christ. That's sanctification. So these tests, we're going to call these tests, they're, they're sanctifying you. They're moving you from level to level to level, and you can't move up in level. And let me let you in on a secret. These tests never stop. They're continual. It's a continuing process where you th think, okay, well, I've been through the pride test. Well, let me tell you, the pride test is going to come back around. You're going to go through these other tests, and then you're going to come back, and you're going to hit this pride test again. Because when you get, you know, when you get exalted a little bit, you know, God lifts you up a little bit, then what tries to sneak back in? Pride. Pride tries to sneak back in. So you're going to have to go through that test again. So it's a continual process. Sanctification is a continual process. These tests are a continual process. But today, we're going to talk about the power test. Genesis 41, we're, talking, we're still continuing on our story about Joseph. And we're going to read 8 and 9, and we're going to skip to 14, and we're going to, just going to continue reading. So, Now, it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. Now, we're talking about Pharaoh. So it came to pass in the morning that Pharaoh's spirit was troubled. 
And he sent and called for the magicians of Egypt and all of its wise men, and Pharaoh told them his dreams. But there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Next. Then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I remember my faults this day. Now, the butler, we, all, we should all know who the butler is. But the butler now then says, oh, you know, he just didn't say, hey, yo, Pharaoh, I forgot. Let me tell you something. Now, he didn't come to him. He's probably like, Pharaoh, king, exalted one. I, I forgot, and I should have told you this a long time ago. And I'm sorry. I see my faults this day. Next one. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly, underline the word quickly, out of the dungeon, and he shaved, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh. The advice was that Joseph told him the dream, interpreted the dream for him. So he saw the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants, and Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such, one, such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house and over <clears throat> you shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand. And when he took the signet ring off his hand and he gave it to Joseph, whatever Joseph said, he had the power that the Pharaoh had. So what he said went. It's a sign. He took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, and he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he had him ride in the second chariot, which he had, and that he cried out before him, bow the knee. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. From rags to riches in a matter of hours. One minute, Joseph is in the dungeon. And the next minute, he is being brought before Pharaoh, the king. And it just happened like that quickly. Very quickly. From rags to riches in 24 hours, from the dungeon to the palace, from the dungeon to being second in command, almost first in command would the only thing being different was the throne. He couldn't sit on the throne. He had all the same power, all the same authority. He just couldn't sit on the throne. Now, that'll preach right there. And the Lord just showed that to me. 
other than the throne. Power maybe a job promotion, maybe a raise, maybe that big contract, maybe an increasing share of the market that you control in whatever business you're in. You know, the more the market you control, the more power, the more power you have. We're talking about this type of power. From where does power come? From where does power come? Psalm 62 and 11 says, God has spoken once, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God. John 19 and 11, probably, I mean 19 and 10 and 11, we're probably from all familiar with this verse. It says, then Pilate said to him, are you, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you or to release you? Now, this is, this is Pilate talking to Jesus, the Son of God. And he says, hey, 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 do you not know who I am? Do you not know who I am? I have all this power. I can do whatever I want to to you. You should be talking to me. You should be speaking to me. You should be paying attention. When I ask you a question, you should answer. Because I have this power. And Jesus, our example, answers. You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Huh? Therefore, apply that to your, apply that to your, your life. We're going to go there. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. He said, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you. So anybody that's got power over you, ooh, huh? Who gave them that power? So where does power come from? comes from God. All power comes from God. So if you sit under somebody, so authority under authority is a principle. One of authority under authority. And I'll use, I'll use me as an example. I have a, a small business. And I'm the, I'm the, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the man. I'm the, I'm the boss. And I don't mean that braggadociously or anything like that, y'all. But, you know, if you got a question about stuff, <laughs> I'm the one you talk to. But in all actuality, I'm not really the one you're going to talk to. Because I am one of authority. Ultimately, what I say in, in my little realm of influence, what I say goes. But I come under authority to some other people who know better than I. They, 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 they're better at what they do than what I do. 
And so I know where my strength is. So I am one of authority, but I do come under authority. And there's a, a, a lady that she, you know, she's my boss. She'll tell you she's my boss. <laughs> and there's also a fellow that looks like Santa Claus that goes to church here. He's also my boss because every morning he gives me my work orders and said, hey, this is what you're going to do today. And I can go, you know, I don't want to do that. He's like, hey, I'm sorry. This is what you're going to do. So I'm one of authority, under authority. And we're all that way. So with that being said, to whom? So we all know where power comes from, but to whom does power come? To whom does power come? Well, we'll just go to Scripture. This is what God says in James 4, verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Underline the word humble. First Peter 5, 5 and 6 says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders, yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with, oh man, there's that word again, humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Jesus, our, our example. The, the lowest servant in the house performed this job. You know, back in, in, in those days, in Jesus' day, up until probably the early 1900s, really, y'all, there was no such thing as sanitary sewers. Huh? And, and when we all still did the same thing. But then you got animals walking down the streets, uh, you know, goats, sheep, cows, donkeys, all this stuff is on the street, plus human excrement was out there too. Hey, you know, it smells like money to me. <laughs> uh. I'm in the septic business, so it does smell like money, y'all. <laughs> but it was all this, and so they didn't have rubber boots and waterproof shoes and a fire hose or a hose out front where you just kind of spray it off. When they come into the house, the lowest servant of the house would be the one assigned to wash the feet of the guest. And for... His disciples, Jesus became that servant, became the lowest to be exalted. He, was, he became the lowest so that he could be exalted above all. As an example, you, you, you got to come low to be raised up. And these tests... Or test, and it just takes you from level to level, from grace to grace 
and the tests come around and you move from level to level, grace to grace, test, and you, it's a continual process, y'all. So if you want to be, if you want to, Jesus, the, he was with the disciples and they said, hey, I want to sit on your, when, you know, when your kingdom comes, I want to be on your right hand and I want to be on your left. He said, it's not, me, it's not for me to give. That's not for me to say. But the greatest in the kingdom is going to be the one who's the lowest. Who's going to be the servant of all. Back to Joseph here. And Pharaoh said to Joseph in 41.15, I have had a dream and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. So Joseph said to Pharaoh, saying, it is not me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. So Joseph didn't go like, he, he, he wasn't this way. He wasn't like, Pharaoh said, hey, I heard you can interpret dreams. You know, I'm, I'm having this dream, it's disturbing me. And Joseph didn't go like, yeah, I got this. That's how I roll. Tell me what it is, and you know, I'll give you your answer. You know, that's, that's what I do. This is what I do. He, he wasn't that way. He said, I, I can't, I, I'm, I'm not going to, but God can. I can't do it, but God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. God will let me know what the dream was, and then if he so sees it, then I'll tell you what the, what the interpretation of that dream is. So, to be humble. Who likes hanging out with a prideful person? Prideful or an arrogant. Prideful, arrogant, you know, somebody who thinks they got all the answers. You like hanging out with that person? You know, somebody that's always trying to one-up you. Y'all know what one-up you is? Is that old term? I think it's new term. One-up you that, hey, well, I did this. Oh, yeah, well, I did this, but I did it better. That's one up. And who likes to hang out with those people? Nobody. Nobody. But a person who is, hum is humble, you know, and knows where they stand. It's so much more better to be around. So where does power come, where does power come from? From God. And, and to whom does power come? To the humble. Comes from God, comes to the humble. But why does power come? So we know who has the power. We know who he gives the power to, but why does he give the power to it to? And who does he give it to? He gives it, he gives it to us, his children. But why does power come? In Acts. 10 and 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18, then you say in your heart, my power and my might is 
My power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And verse 18 says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. So why does the power come? Why does the power come? Why does God give each, each one of us power? And you may think, well, I don't have any power. Let me, let me expand a little bit. You may not think you have any power, but we're all given power. It's a realm of influence. Who here has no responsibility? Another word for power is responsibility. Responsibility is power. Power is responsibility. So who here has no responsibility? <laughs> now, you're running that back. You're running the, the whatever it is you're running back there. That's responsibility. <laughs> Smart aleck. <laughs> yeah, he, he has power. So we all have power. We all have responsibility. And what are we doing with that power? What are we doing? It said, well, I know that Jesus went about doing good and healing all. So what is the power for? The power is for doing good, promoting the kingdom. The power is so that we can introduce Jesus, so that we can find freedom so that we can connect with purpose, so that we can make a difference. That's what we have power for. And so, in your realm of responsibility, in your realm of power, are you doing good? Are you taking it serious? No, that's, that's power. Is the influence, the ability to touch somebody else's life for Jesus. So why does God want to give you power or responsibility? Why does God want to give you power? So... God can work through you or flow through you to help other people. God has all the supply here. All the supply. He's got everything. God's got everything he needs. And then over here is humanity with all the needs, with all the demands. Supply, demand. So what's in the middle? You are. You are. And he wants to use you so that he can get the supply, the power through you to the people or where the demand is. You know, it's like having a light. We have power to the building, but if we had no lights, no screens, no music, you know, any speakers or anything. We have a beautiful building with all the power in the world. 
it'd be kind of dark in here. It may not be today, but because of the, the, the walls right there. But, but if you put lights, it says we're the light of the world. You are the light. God is the power. And you are the light bulb. And until you put that light bulb in, into the socket and you screw it in and the power starts flowing through it, then it becomes light and other people can see. That's power. That's the power you have. So what are you doing? What are you doing with the power God has given you? What are you doing with the responsibility that God is giving you? Are you stewarding it well? Are you stewarding it well? Are you using it like it should be used? Are you doing what you know you need to be doing? You know, Jesus had a parable about the talents, about stewarding well. You can use it with power. You can use it with money. You can use it with uh, giftings. You can use it with uh, talents. You can use it however you want to use it. But the thing is, are you stewarding it well? Everything that God gives us, we need to steward well. And the one who stewards it well to that one is going to be given more. Because in the, in, the, in the parable, the one went and hid the talent or hid the money, buried it. And then when the, the master come back, he said, here you go, here's your one. I, I buried it. And he said, take it away from him and give it to the one who had ten. Not to the one who had five, but to the one who had ten, the one who he could trust the most. You know, you, you can't, how many of you want to be boss? How many of you want to be a boss? Yeah, we, you, you all, it's power. You know, you, and you can't, you can't just go, you know what? I'm a, I, I want to own me a Sonic. without no training. You got to first know how to, you know, you'd be like, hey, you know what, Sonic, I see them across the street. You know, they raking in that dough. They raking in that money. But there's a lot of responsibility with that. And you just can't go from not having no responsibility, no type of managerial skills to that level without some help. You need some training. First, you need to learn how to, to flip a burger. Then you need to know how to make a burger. And then you know how to make some fries with some salt or, or some onion rings or some tater tots. There's training that's got to go on there. And you move from level to level. It's the same thing with the power that God has. It's, it's a test. So we're tested, we're tested, we're tested, we're tested, we're tested. And the, te the test, it may be that 25 years ago when I got saved, the test seemed really difficult and it was really hard. And, and, the, and it seemed like it would take me a long time to get through each test. And today, it doesn't seem like it's as hard, but it's, it's more that I know who I trust in. I know and whom I depend on. I know who's on my team. I have a septic business that we all, we talked about a while ago. And 25 years ago, 20-something years ago, I started this septic business. 
And I can remember talking to my, telling my wife when we started it, I said, you know what, we got this old truck, and if we can do seven tanks a month, I can break even. I, don't have, I won't make no money, but I can pay all my bills if I can just do seven. And it seemed like such a struggle, such a struggle then. But there's no way that I could have started then with what I have now because it would have just wasted me away. Now, if we don't do 25, I mean, I, that was seven a month, not a day. Seven a month. If I can just do seven a month, I can break even. But now, if we do seven a day, we ain't paying nobody's bills. We're not, we're not, ain't nobody getting paid. We're not even paying fuel. So it's, it's, it's a growing, it's a test, it's a, it's a, the more power you're given, how are you stewarding it? You know? It's a sanctification process. So what are you doing with the power or the responsibility? Are you stewarding it well? That's a question that we all, no matter where you're at, where, no matter where you're at on that, what level you're at, are you stewarding it well? It's a question that, it's, it, that's for all of us. Are you stewarding that well? In my own life, completely honest, sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, no. And I... But God knows what my heart is. God knows what your heart is. So are you stewarding it well? So, I'm, I'm going to leave you with just with a couple questions. Why does, why does God want to give you more power? So that you can touch somebody else's life for the kingdom. And with that power, are you stewarding it well? Are you stewarding that power well? I think of sanctification and I think of who's wearing uh, some jewelry, some gold jewelry this morning. Who's got on some gold jewelry? You know, when they dig that out of the ground, it's not like that. It's not like that. They dig it out of the ground, and it's all covered with rock and, and uh, not rock, but sand and mud, and they wash it, and then it's a, a form of gold. And then they put it in, and they heat it up. They get it really, really hot in a furnace can remember exactly what that word is called that they use it in but they heat it up and it melts and all the impurities in that gold start to come to the top and now it's called dross and they and the refiner rakes it off and he heats it up some more and some more of those impurities come up and he rakes them off 
and he heats it up some more. And those impurities come up. And he rakes it off, takes it away. And then he takes it and he forms it in the hand of a skilled craftsman and he forms it into a piece of jewelry that's beautiful and that you will want to wear. That's sanctification, y'all. That's, te- that's, that's test. That's the test we're going through. Is a continual sanctification that each test, it seems like it gets a little hotter and there's some impurities that come up inside of us that well up inside of us and we want to show ourselves, but God said, hmm, let me take that away from you. Let me help you find some freedom so that you can connect to your purpose. And this story that we just read with Joseph is him connecting to his purpose. The power test is going to be you connecting to your purpose. Didn't say he was fulfilling his purpose, but he was stepping into that. He was stepping in to his purpose so that God can fulfill his purpose through him. Come on, worship team. So my questions to you are, what are you doing with the power slash responsibility that God is giving to you? Are you stewarding it well? Are you stewarding that well? And my second question is, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? What is the Spirit speaking to you now? I want to pray with you. Abba, Father, Lord, we praise you and we worship you. Lord, I just pray today that you would move on each and every life. Lord, that you would speak to them. And God, even though that we haven't thought as the responsibility, God, Lord, that you have given us or the power that you have empowered us with, God, Lord, that we would steward it well. Lord, that we'd be trustworthy. God, Lord, continue the work in us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.